0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JTS Podcast. My name is Marcus Moody, alongside my partners, Patton Cook and Gabe Jones. We are here. We're going to discuss a, a couple topics, but first, we got to give a special shout out to somebody that's on the show right now, Patton Cook. He got that, that gig. He has a new job, ladies and gentlemen, in the field. He is a producer now for Nashville Sports Radio. Got to give it up to him. <laughs> He just started this week. He just started yep. this week and uh he ain't got fired yet. So congrats to you my boy.
1: Yeah thank you. I was telling you they're letting me come back Tuesday. We got today off we're recording this on a on a Monday but they're letting me come back tomorrow and we uh we are start officially tomorrow. It is it's been a whirlwind. Uh it's I'm I'm just excited. It's been a fun couple of days so far. But uh, like all three of you guys or all two of you guys know the grind only starts now so we're just trying to work our way to the top and I'm going to meet you guys there you guys are already closer than I am so we'll, we're getting there let's do it <laughs> well let's go ahead
0: and start oh uh, with our topics. we're going to start with the NBA because the finals matchup is finally set who would have thought that the Phoenix Suns going against the Milwaukee Bucks will be the 2021 NBA finals but uh Let's go ahead and hit us hit on the last series. Uh, let's go ahead and hit on the Hawks Bucks series because you you fellas said it was gonna be uh Bucks and five. I said Bucks and six, but uh it was a lot different than we anticipated because Giannis did not play the last two games due to a hyperextension. Trey Young had a bone bruise just off of stepping on a ref's ankle, and uh, he didn't he wasn't the same in this series at all after that. Uh his injury injuries have really just derailed this playoff season, but injuries are the part of the game. So the game must go on. I know guys like LeBron was extremely upset saying that there was, he was planning and knowing that this was going to happen. But fellas, what did you guys think about really the Hawks playoffs playoff run altogether? together? Because nobody anticipated them being in the Eastern conference finals and then how the Bucks just became resilient and came together to get those last two dubs without Giannis.
2: Well, congratulations to the Hawks on making it this far. It is very, very impressive. Like you said, nobody saw it coming, really. Um, One thing about this Hawks team, they are spry, they are young, they are deep. And I'm not sure how far they can make it next year because they kind of got a lucky roll. They ended up facing a Knicks team that, not score with them, and then they faced the 76ers team that basically imploded. It was an implosion. I they beat the 76ers, but the 76ers also had a hand in beating themselves. And then they go against this Bucks team who, I mean, they had there were better top heavy. Um, I made the prediction that Chris Middleton would have a better series than Trey Young, I would have been wrong had Trey Young not stepped on that ref's foot. Trey Young was actually balling out. He was playing amazing. Um, Middleton, for himself, he had three games where he scored over 30. I think the rest he scored like 15. And that was the Chris Middleton way. I think that he can give you three games out of seven. Um, But uh, the Hawks, as for the Hawks, um, they're a good team. They're going to be a good team coming forward. Uh, Next year, they will be going against some stiff competition because other teams are getting better but we'll get to that Patton, what did you think about this Hawks team?
1: Yeah first on the on the Hawks before I start praising uh, the Milwaukee Bucks I think uh, I think they grew up uh, this playoff run I think they grew up and what this year will mean for them for the next 10 years I think will be invaluable even though they're going to kind of feel hard done by and feel like, well, if Trey didn't get hurt, we, we had a real shot at this thing. Because I think they did. I, I, think they're, I think they're the hottest team in basketball, just right behind the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion. Um, but injuries kind of led them down that path. But one thing that did do was it let guys kind of be assertive in another role. Cam Reddish, you hadn't heard anything from him all playoffs. And then in that closeout game, even though it didn't end up really mattering, he came up and, um, had a really good game. Had over 20 points in in that game. And me and Gabe have been uh, Cam Reddish bashers since he has entered the league. Uh, as as, uh, as we are the the forefront of the Cam 8 club. But uh, good for Cam in, in that sense. He 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 got to see some minutes and he got to kind of feel what um, being that guy in an NBA playoff. And I, I think that's all you can really hope for is these young guys to experience playoff kind of time and playoff rhythm and all that stuff early on because that is um, invaluable I think when you look down at some of these other teams when you look at what Golden State was doing before they were Golden State they were kind of making many runs uh, winning the first round and then ultimately getting knocked out in the second, The, uh, the Hawks they went further than what, the, um, than what you saw Golden State do, and I think that really leads to what Steph and Clay were doing in the NBA Finals, because they were there. That wasn't their first time there. They were kind of real veterans in that point, so I think that's a bright spot for the Hawks. The only thing I would worry about is, to Gabe's point, a lot went right for them. A lot of players on this Hawks teams kind of raised their level a bit, and that reminds me a lot of the Miami Heat, and you just have to hope that Kind of that second year slump, if you will, doesn't affect like it, would, uh, like it did with the Miami Heat. But I think one thing you can say about the Hawks was, I don't think it was a fluke. Uh, I see Trey Young as being a legit superstar. I don't see anyone on that Miami Heat team as being a superstar. So in that sense, the Hawks have that guy to build around. And it all just depends on that supporting cast, if they can relate, raise that level again. Quick, quickly on the Bucks, I, I would like to say this. I think them pulling out um, this series in six games, that's a sign to me that this is an NBA championship team. Even if Giannis doesn't end up coming back or isn't fully healthy, I think what Chris Middleton did, um, it surprised me. And I think it surprised a lot of folks on NBA Twitter because kind of the whole narrative was if Giannis is going to leave, it's because Chris Middleton isn't carrying his weight. Well, he carried his weight and more in those past two games. And I say good for him because a lot of slander has come his way, but, he stood uh, front and center in these past two games, and uh, he answered the bell big time.
0: I got a stat about Chris Middleton. I'll, I'll just bring it up later on when we talk about the current matchup. But for me, with the Hawks, uh, you Patton, you beat me to it because uh, Cam Reddish in Game Six was phenomenal. Uh, it's a lot of it was a lot of uh, talks on Twitter saying that Cam Reddish is going to come back in this series because uh, he didn't play since February. He strained his Achilles. And everybody was just wondering when he's gonna be able to come back, if at all, in the playoffs. Came back, played really well. Uh, this Hawks team, they have a chance to have something special. The only thing they have to do, really, this offseason is sign John Collins back. And that's, that's really, uh, if you wanna to keep Tony Snell, go right ahead. If you wanna keep Lou Williams, that, that's the only, those are the only two guys, the, really the three guys that is can be on the team next year just depending on how the contract issues go with uh, John Collins. But those guys stepped up big. uh, To think that those young guys going to come in with the veterans, the small veterans like Capella, Gallinari, Lou Williams, they come in and just play extremely well like that. A lot of teams, a lot of people and a lot of teams didn't anticipate the Hawks being in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I agree with you. I think it's a totally different series if Giannis, it's a totally different series if Giannis plays the entire series, and also if Trey plays the entire series. That yeah. it, it, we saw what happened in Game One. Hawks Tech Game One after Trey Young dropped forty-eight points. This is it's a totally different ball game because in the game, he in the game where he got injured when he stepped on the uh, rest foot, he was hooping. <laughs> he was just flat up hooping, just plain and simple. I believe he had over thirty in that game. It's just. Injuries, it's it's crazy because all it takes is that one moment. And just like for the Bucks right now, they're just hoping, hoping, hoping that Giannis can come back. Because we all know that both guys wanted to be on the court. And unfortunately for Trey Young, he played game six, but you knew he wasn't a hundred percent Trey Young. He really couldn't move laterally like he wanted to. And it was multiple times uh because he, he wanted he wanted to come back game five, couldn't move laterally grimacing. Game six, he came uh, warm-ups. He came earlier than anticipated for warm-ups, still grimacing. So you could tell he wasn't fully healthy. Because a fully healthy Trey Young is a totally different Hawks team, just plain and simple. You saw what happened without him game five. And Bogdanovich went crazy from three. I think he had seven threes. But they, Kevin to stepped up big. But one, it's another thing too that I want to say is, when your superstar comes back from injury and he isn't a hundred percent, it might it sometimes makes things worse for your team because he wants to have that control and usage like he typically does, but a lot of times he's not as effective, and if he's not as effective, everybody else around him struggles to get going. And I think that's what happened with the Hawks in game six outside of Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, nobody anticipated Cam Reddish hitting six threes, dropping 23 points. And Cam Reddish almost saved them. It's just unfortunate for the Hawks. Did you have something, Gabe? Yeah, uh, I wanted to
2: personally apologize to Cam Reddish because as Patton said, we were leading that back bandwagon that Cam Reddish was trash. He didn't really do much at Duke, but maybe he didn't have the opportunity. He was the third guy that's one of the hardest positions to play in basketball, and he has come out and balled out. Uh, for the Hawks going forward, uh, they're in trouble, and they it's good trouble to have because they have a myriad of talent. Uh, eight guys averaged over nine points in this series, and that's not counting DeAndre Hunter. So, He was balling out in the playoffs. Uh, You still got Trey Young, Bogdanovich. I mean, I can just name off a list of guys. We saw all those guys play very well in the playoffs. So they'll have to figure out who they're going to keep. John Collins, you said his contract is coming up. He um, declined, I think, a four-year $90 million contract. So he's going to want more. And are the Hawks going to pay him? Not sure. Uh, he is a linchpin piece in this team, but with all the talent that they have, I don't think that they will pay him that much money. And if they do, that's going to hurt some of the next upcoming guys because, they, like I said, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Cam Reddish, they, they just have a ton of guys that are really good at basketball. So I don't know what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure as well because you gotta think Trey Young, is in two years, Trey Young is gonna have to get paid as well. So it's, you gonna you know good and well they are gonna drop the bag for Trey. Uh, you just gotta have to make sure uh, everybody get their contract situated if they want to take less pay to try to pay John Collins. Go right ahead. What you got, Patton?
1: And, and really, at that point for Trey Young, that could be the supermax. <laughs> I don't think anyone yeah. would be really yeah. surprised if Trey was in, in that level by then. I think he is right now. So it, I I think the Hawks really have to kind of budget the future here because the last thing you want is you sign John Collins to a four-year $120, uh, $120 million contract and Sitting a little little capped up uh, when, when Trey Young comes around. So, I, the luxury they have is they've drafted so well the past couple of years. So, even though uh, DeAndre Hunter isn't an exact swap for John Collins, I think he could fill in well uh, there for him. So, I, I think it brings up a good point, but it's just in, in plus the NBA cap is a little bit different than other cap rooms. So, it's just depend how creative Atlanta wants to be there.
0: Let's go ahead and move forward. Let's go on to the West because the signs. They defeat the Clippers in six. Uh, Kawhi Leonard did not play in this series, uh, unfortunately. And hey, once again, injuries, derail in this playoffs. Uh, I believe it was 10 uh, all-stars, current all-stars that had missed at least one game due to injury in this playoffs. Uh, and and that, wasn't, that wasn't even including Trey Young because Trey Young wasn't an all-star uh, this year. But the Suns get it done in six. They are moving on. Chris Paul in the game six clincher dropping 41 points. I believe he is the oldest to ever drop that amount of points in a game clinching win, passing Jordan at that. That's a that's a nice nice uh room to be around uh Chris Paul is, but uh, he's getting that first opportunity to get a ring. Something that we've been waiting for a very long time. Uh Let's go ahead and hit on it because this is legacy on the line right here. Uh, fellas, Chris Paul get a ring. He can be a top five point guard easily. Uh, I think you can submit him in his top five. If he doesn't, I don't know if he's top five. I, I, I It's I just, it's, tough. It's tough rules uh, resume-wise. Hey, what do you guys think on the Suns? And then also with Chris Paul in this legacy uh, moment. Go ahead, Patty.
1: Well, uh, I couldn't be any more happier for Chris Paul because it just kind of felt like, and you kind of sense this with guys like Carmelo and, and a couple other, Charles Barkley is one where you're just not sure if he's ever going to make it there, much less win a ring, but make it to the NBA Finals when he got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder, even though they had a great performance, I thought, in the in the playoffs um, um, last time out, but when he got traded there, you're just thinking, is this is this it? I mean, is he ever going to make it back to the playoffs and make it make a run? Well, here he is now, and I think the legacy debate that's one that I think we can have kind of in the off season. But right now, I, I think Chris Paul will tell you he's thinking about now, and I think he's playing some of his best basketball he's ever played, and uh, most of that is because even though he's having some great scoring performances and some great individual performances. The guys around them are no chumps uh, in themselves. Devin Booker's having a great series. We're seeing DeAndre Ayton being the number one pick that they thought they were getting. Uh, I thought uh, kind of the whole sense was when he went one. I think that's the same draft as Luca and Trey Young. It's like my goodness, how, how, why? What did everyone see? Is this just the combine guy? Well, right now we're seeing why, and he's just domi- dominating games when you don't have really a, many true centers left in the NBA. So when you have a matchup with DeAndre Ayton like that it's just tough but good for Chris Paul and if he does win the ring and if he does I, I think if he wins the ring he's going to get finals MVP I think he is sure fired for the top five and I think really the only guy he can't check uh, kind of catch I should say I think is Magic Johnson I think when you look at just about everyone else I like Chris Paul I like his stats I like the longevity he has had he's done it for a long time in this league and with a lot different teams so even though he doesn't have the the total rings on his fingers, I think his resume matches up with a lot of other players uh, in, in this NBA history. But um, for the Suns, good for them. For the Clippers, tough, uh, tough again. Injuries, kind of the same thing. I will say this: I think the Ty Lu decision, hiring him uh, this past season, has been shown to be a successful one. I think to to, to make it six games was a was a. Um, a miracle in itself when you don't have your best player for this long and when you have guys just kind of rallying around the team to push a Suns team who is the hottest team in basketball I think credit goes to them but then again uh, Steve Ballmer he's not in this uh, he's not in the NBA to come second place in the West he's here to win championships and I don't think he's going to make any changes Um, with the coaching staff I think they did their part but I think we're going to see another overhaul in this roster don't be surprised if a star gets moved or uh, a lot of this roster is different because ultimately even though they make it made it to the western conference finals i think even if they did make it um you, you just don't see this team winning a championship and I, I don't know what needs to be done other than a fully healthy kai leonard and at this point we've yet to see that for quite a long time since the san antonio spurs uh, ankle injury that uh what's the Zaza Pachulia uh, broke his ankle that one time. I mean, good grief, but uh, re- re- really went back, in, back into the head there. But tough one for the uh, L.A. Clippers, but for the Suns, I think this is the best story in sports, without a doubt, this season.
0: Yeah. Nah, uh, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, I agree. Uh, I think the only thing, well, for one, Reggie Jackson contract is going to is be up. Just this, <clears throat> excuse me. Just saying whether he's going to come back or not uh, is one thing because Reggie Jackson was that third best player on the Clippers for majority of this season. Uh, and he helped them, helped out Paul George a lot in uh, this series and then the playoffs all together when they need the most coming in clutch for him. Uh, it's not really a lot of moves that you can do right now just because you paid guys these money. Like, and you also got to realize, Sergey Ibaka didn't play at all for majority of this season. Uh, that's another guy who's won a ring, who, who's who been in in those uh, late game experiences and will make those right plays. Uh, will he be healthy next year is another thing because he got paid. So I don't think they're gonna to try to trade a lot of veterans because they do have a lot of veterans on their team. Uh, it's just trying to get guys to stay healthy and the chemistry, I think that's going to really be the key. Because if you don't play and then try to come together in playoff time, it rarely works. you see what you seen what happened with the Lakers. It just don't work. You got to have some kind of chemistry in order to move forward, to get deep into the playoffs and try to make a championship run.
2: I think that the Clippers, a lot of people are talking about, oh, they lost. Um, Kawhi's going to go somewhere else or they're going to trade Paul George. Yeah, they can do that. But why? I mean, it's only been two years. Like not everything happens immediately. Like not everybody's LeBron. Not everybody can just go to a team and then they immediately go to the finals. Maybe Kawhi thought so, being that he went from San Antonio and immediately went to Toronto and won. But that was a special occasion in which we saw what happened. They probably would have lost to Golden State if Golden State didn't get injured. Um, But, As far as the Clippers go, I'm not sure if they can keep this same team that they have. With this same team, I think it's enough to win the championship. With a healthy Kawhi, I think it's enough. And then, as you said, Marcus, Serge Ibaka didn't play at all. So that would have made the team a lot better because he's a big guy who can play defense and also stretch the floor. Um, Reggie Jackson, he's got to get paid. I don't think that the Clippers have enough cap space to pay him. So he's probably going somewhere else. He was on basically a veteran's minimum – are you going to be able to find a third guy that is going to produce like Reggie Jackson did on a veteran's minimum? I highly doubt it. So they will have some issues coming up in this offseason, um, but I don't think that they should implode the roster or anything. Ty Lue did a fantastic job as a coach. Those last four teams that were left, I think that he was the best coach. You can say Monty Williams. I think he was the best coach, bar none, honestly, from all that he's overcome. So far in his career, he's been fantastic. So we got to keep our eye on on Lu and his Clippers team next year. Now, as far as the Suns go, congratulations to them. They are a really good team. They are running deep as far as guys who are talented and know their role and know how to play the game of basketball. Chris Paul, that's my birthday twin. Shout out to him. I'm glad he finally made the finals. Uh, Marcus, you pointed out him winning the finals probably does cement him as top five. Even with him just getting there, I can put him over a lot of guys. That gives me enough excuse to put him over guys like Steve Nash. Um, Some would say maybe a Jason Kidd is better. I think if he wins it, wins finals MVP, we'll definitely put him over Jason Kidd. I I couldn't put him over the big three as far as Magic Steph and Isaiah Thomas. Some people will still argue for him over Isaiah because of his longevity and what he's done. Um, But... I would Win or lose, I think that Chris Paul is a top five-point guard by him making this final. So I'm excited, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to some predictions later. So I'm going to hold it.
0: I just want to say once again, shout-out to Sam Presti. Sending another guy who was a former Thunder to the finals, but somehow we still only made (laughs) one finals appearance. But uh, I'm not going to have a rant on the Thunder on today. Uh, I agree with you, Gabe, with uh, CP3 top five i can't put him in the big three uh uh it's tough to to say is he over john stockton uh because that's that's my four there uh magic steph
2: my argument for john stockton is um cp3 he is he can score way better than john stockton he can defend as good john stockton has the leader in steals but he played for 20 years um which is really good. And he's the leader in assists, and nobody's going to catch that. But Chris Paul has been averaging 10 assists like it's nothing. Doesn't turn the ball over. I would rather have Chris Paul on my team than John
0: Stockton. The thing, with John Stock- the thing with John Stockton is that this man also had the guy who was second in points. So he really just didn't have to score because he had Carl Malone right beside him for basically all of his career. Uh, yeah. So I understand, like you saying, Chris Paul – is a better score, but I don't think Stockton Stockton really just didn't have to score because it was when in doubt, pick and roll, dime, layup, dunk, hook, shot by Carl Malone. It's it was whatever they wanted. It was just pick and roll again. and on
2: on the other side of that coin that gives you 14 assists. You playing with that dude yeah. for 18 years. That he can give you literally like eight assists a game from Carl Malone. So congrats. Yeah. Now, uh, CP. Uh, CP's a man.
0: Most definitely, uh. It's, it's a big argument now when you got finals MVP, that's a big, that's a big game changer. Just no doubt. DeAndre Aiden, I think he's going to have another, like Patton said, he's been phenomenal. Devin Booker. One thing about the Suns, we might as well go ahead and talk about this game one prediction with the Suns versus the Bucks. One thing I will say is that the Suns, it don't. it's not just one guy. It's never going to be one guy because if you look just in the past series against the Clippers, you have one game where it's Devin Booker, one game where it's Chris Paul, one game where it's Jay Crowder, one game it was Cameron Payne. It can be one game where it's Mikael Bridges. It can be one game if it's Cam Johnson. This team is just loaded like that. Uh, so it's always going to be a collective group effort. That's what I love about Monty Williams because he's never just showing one, one guy to just do everything. He wants everybody to pitch in. That's another thing I wanted to point out. Jay Crowder is the only person with finals experience out of both teams out of both teams and he's gone uh, once <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey he I, got swept I, I think that that year as well he's he's got four games of finals the <laughs> finals experience it's,
0: it's it's weird it's crazy uh i because you can't you can't be like the veterans uh veterans who've been in this moment will come out and tell the young guys what to do because both teams haven't been there. So this is both new experiences for them. So they're just going to come out, play extremely hard. Uh, me personally, I think the Suns will take game one. I think they can take the first two games, depending on Giannis. I think I don't think Giannis will be coming back in these first two games. I don't have any sources or anything. That's just me personally thinking that he won't be back by game two. I think the Suns will go up 2-0. It might be one game where – Devin Booker just goes out for a check. It might be Chris Paul going out for a check in game one. We just, like I said, the depth that the Suns have, it really, you just never know. Oh, one thing I also want to point out though, I think Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges will make things a lot tougher for Chris Middleton. Uh, I think Mikael Bridges on Chris Middleton is a matchup that you want to see. Uh, Cause then I'm gonna go ahead and bring out this stat. When Chris Middleton shoots, over 40% in this postseason, they have been undefeated. When he doesn't shoot 40% from the field, this is from the field now, not from three, from the field. When he doesn't shoot, when he shoots under 40%, they're like one in six. They're undefeated. I believe they're 10, 10 or 11 and 0 when he shoots over 40%. When he shoots under, they only won one game, and that was game seven against the Nets. So... If, if you're a Bucks fan, you want Chris Milton to shoot 40% from the field, just plain and simple.
1: Well, uh, for me, uh, while you were doing that, I was kind of just doing my Googling, uh, trying to see what, if any, status has been made on, on Giannis. And, uh, and I'm reading a report from Chris Hayes, and um, Chris Haynes, I should say, from Yahoo Sports. And it's not anything uh, immediate, but... He he reported that there was optimism that Giannis could have been given the green light if there was a game seven uh, between between the Hawks. Of course, that game only uh, that series only went six. So I don't know what that necessarily means. I think that's more of a do or die situation. And I don't know if game one is do or die. So I, I agree with you, Marcus. I see at least game one um, Giannis sitting out, um, and and that's going to be tough because you don't want to give a, a one game head start to any team, especially a team as hot as the. Um, as the Phoenix Suns right now but I, I think it's interesting I, I still can't pick anyone other than the Phoenix Suns especially with how um, as I mentioned how informed they are right now and just how every guy seems to step up you mentioned Jay Crowder I've never seen Jay Crowder shoot the ball as well as he has in this playoff run then as a Cavaliers fan who saw him get open corner three-pointers over and over again and miss them constantly but right now right now he's making those and he's making step back uh, one-on-one three-pointers as well so I just see Phoenix being the team right now but it all depends on what happens in the first two games if Giannis can come back game two I see this one going seven and I see Giannis taking over and winning that game seven game uh, for me but I, I it, it all depends on that uh, game two and, and we'll for sure have a podcast before uh, at least before the end of, of this NBA final so for me, this one's going to go with the Phoenix Suns in six, but that's really me assuming that Giannis isn't coming back until Game Three at least. And at that point, what is what is he going to look like? Because really, all that Giannis is is uh, power and attacking the rim. But when you've got a knee that's shoddy like it is, he can't really rely on a jump shot. So it, it's all just depending on the health of Giannis, which is unfortunate, and that's an unfortunate narrative that the Milwaukee Bucks have. But then again, uh, Chris Middleton, if he does what he did uh, against Phoenix, although the defensive matchup will be different, I think he gives them a shot because uh, we've seen kind of throughout the, throughout really Chris Middleton's career that he has stretches where he shoots the ball better than anyone you're, you're going to see on the floor. But he, we also have tendencies of the opposite as well. So My official prediction that's going to go in the scores book here is going to be Phoenix and six. I see Chris Paul winning finals MVP, and I see an absolute love story between NBA media and Chris Paul once again after the slander that he's been facing his entire career. They're just going to forget about it. So I find that to be kind of funny, so I look forward to that.
2: Indeed. Um, Would you rather see Chris Paul win his first ring get the monkey off his back, or Giannis, win his first ring, get somewhat of a proverbial monkey off his back. Even though he's young, he got a lot of years, but you can't take these finals runs for granted. KD and them boys, they coming. Jason Tatum is getting better. They might put some a team around him. Uh, the 76ers, as funny as that may sound, they're going to be, be Well, they're going to be as good, if not better, going in next year. And then we saw what this Hawks team did already so young. They can't just take the finals run for granted. It ain't like they can lose and be like, oh, yeah, we'll be back. It ain't no guarantees. But which one would y'all rather see? I'll go with uh, you first, Baden
1: me I'm I'd rather see Chris Paul because I think Giannis even though it's no guarantee I I think he's going to have runs in him just because I see Giannis I see him getting better I I just see him as a guy who's not going to rest on his laurels like maybe a Ben Simmons would and just not really care about the jump shot you see Giannis he wants to be a jump shooter eventually and I see that eventually working for him so I I think Giannis is going to get back he's going to have his time but For me, I don't know how much longer Chris Paul, one, wants to play. I I think he's the type of guy who wants to go out on top. I'm not suggesting he'd retire after this NBA Finals run or anything, but I just don't see him being a guy sticking around like a Paul Pierce maybe where just his perception is different than if he would have went out as a Boston Celtic. So for me, I'd like to see Chris Paul get it done because he's one of those guys. He's likable from the media perception. I don't know how much some of his former teammates like him necessarily that – uh, maybe weren't big fans of him, but as fans, he's just the guy who's done it the right way. He, um, he's a, a beautiful basketball um, player to watch. It's, his play style was awesome. So for me, I, I'm, I'm more of a Chris Paul type of guy.
0: Uh, for me personally, it doesn't matter for me. Uh, I'm, I'm satisfied with each either decision, whether it's the Bucks or the Suns, because who wouldn't want to see Chris Paul get a ring? Unfortunately, uh, I mean, three out of the four of the banana boat will get a ring, only leaving out Melo. Uh, but I, I can't say that the Suns have a chance of coming back uh, after this year. It's A lot of people are going to call it bull on how the Suns make this run with a lot of guys getting injured and whatnot, a lot of guys not playing, but they got it done. Uh, and then for Giannis, like Gabe just said, the East is not getting worse. The East is only going to get stronger. Uh, it's tough because you want to see Chris Paul get, come out on top, but you don't want this to be Giannis' only finals run. And we don't know how the future will be for the Bucks moving forward. Uh, so I don't know. I I, I I am content with either side. I'm content with either
2: side, too. I would like to see Chris Paul go ahead and get his ring because, like I said, I mean, for either side, it ain't no guarantees on coming back because there's some tough teams coming out of the West as well. It's at least, like, five contenders. Let's not forget Golden State will be back in action next year. It's going to be nuts. Um, so, I think that Giannis does have another couple runs in him to the finals, I think, but like I said, no guarantees. Um, as for my prediction for this finals, I think that the Suns take it in seven. Um, Chris Paul, finals MVP. Devin Booker will put up points. Um, but on the other side of that ball is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. As much fun as I make of him as an offensive player. He gets after it on defense. He really does. Um, so we'll see who's guarding who. Drew Holiday, oh. we know he's one of the best perimeter defenders. So they're going to make it tough. And um, I think Giannis is going to be the best player in the finals. If he is uh, a semblance of healthy, he'll be able to uh, rim run um, from side to side, score a 30. But will it be enough to get the W? I'm not sure. I think the Suns run deeper. I think they'll take it in seven.
0: I was just going to ask you guys uh, before we went to a break. All right, who who do y'all want Drew Holiday guarding? Would you want him to guard Chris Paul? Or would you want him to guard Devin Booker? Because you gotta, um, you you gotta think with this lineup that without Giannis right now, you you're gonna have Bobby Portis most likely in. So Bobby Portis can guard Jay Crowder, in in the corner threes on the wing threes. But so did you want Chris Paul, uh, PJ Tucker, Garden, Devin Booker, or would you want PJ Tucker, Garden, Chris Paul, and then I- have Drew, Garden, Devin Booker.
1: I, I would take P.J. Tucker on uh, on Devin Booker. I don't want him anywhere anywhere near Chris Paul. I, to me, I just think you have to shut down Chris Paul. You're not at least shut down. You got to – I don't know. You, you can't really let him run riot, and that's not only scoring. But if he just starts feeling himself and just really starts getting into a rhythm passing and kind of finding his teammates, I think the Bucs are in real trouble. So, for me, I think Drew Holiday has to be on Chris Paul pretty much the entire game, I. To me, I, I've just seen too many kind of bigger guys get switched on Chris Paul. It you know, makes them look foolish. Uh, P.J. Tucker is a great defender. Don't don't get me wrong, but on some of these smaller guards, I, I would prefer if I'm if I'm a Bucks fan to not really have that matchup because I think they're in trouble if Chris Paul gets him uh, for the majority of the uh, of the game.
2: Yeah, I think that um, think that they'll either they have some good options. They have some good options. I forgot about P.J. P.J. being of shorter stature, he's only like six five. So he can he can move his feet and defend pretty well. Uh push comes to shove. I'll probably put PJ on DeAndre Aiden. Um, I would have Drew Holiday on a, a either Chris Paul or Chris Middleton. Either one of those guys can do just fine on for uh, those for other game, two
0: guards. I'm talking about strictly for game one. I'm not talking about game when one. Come up. Game one.
2: Game one, Drew Holiday. Um, Devin, he'll start out on Chris Paul because he'll run guard, so he'll start on Chris Paul, and they'll put Middleton on D book.
0: I can't, I can't trust Chris Middleton guarding Devin Booker. I'm sorry, I feel like Devin Booker is going to go for a check. <laughs> uh, me personally, if you're going to go with the extremely big lineup like the Bucks did against the Hawks, uh, I'm just going to just say PJ Tucker guard and Devin Booker. But that's all that we're going to have. For the NBA side of it. we got a couple more topics we're going to speak on. We'll be right back with more Just Talking Sports. And we back. back.
2: Um, so
0: before we
2: jump into some Olympic talk and we're going to talk some Euro soccer, um, I did want to get some predictions in on some player over-unders for this finals. So first, I did want to ask a couple questions. Uh, finals MVP, who you got, uh, Marcus.
0: Uh, Sons winning Chris Paul, the Bucs winning Giannis. You got Sons and what? Uh, I would say without Giannis, I'll say Sons and six. All right. And you said CP3 finals MVP.
2: Um, Pat, yeah. you said Sons and six as well. And you think CP3 um, finals yes. MVP? Yeah,
1: but I All think right. Chris Paul will get it.
2: And I also have the Suns. So it's across the board, Suns, we not believing in the Bucks. Uh oh.
0: I no, just want I the
2: Suns to win.
0: It's just that I'm not sure how Giannis uh, health wise is. If Giannis, don't get me wrong, if Giannis was healthy, uh, I would pick the Bucks to win it. But Ooh. also, just it's just just because of the uh, the high power offense of the big three of the Bucks, because I don't think anybody could stop Giannis on that Suns team. Just, yeah, I
2: think he'll be healthy enough. I just think the Suns have a better team.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think anybody will be able to stop Giannis. But, you know, at times with the Bucks, if those big three is not hitting, they have no shot. So, I think the Suns are just a better team from one through eight or nine. Indeed, indeed.
2: Okay, um, we got that. All right. Um, Giannis – over under thirty one points for the series. We're assuming, I'm going,
1: yeah, I'm 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 going under here. I, I just don't see him being healthy enough uh, for that to me.
0: Uh, All right, because Giannis is one. It's weird because Giannis can get an easy thirty it's it's dangerous and you said but you said 31 31 yep. and a half uh 30 averaging 32 i'm gonna put i'm gonna say the under now if you said 29 and a half i will put the over on it but you mm-hmm. said 31 uh so i'm gonna say the under i'm taking the over on Giannis's
2: points um Giannis making
0: eight threes in the series under. over under under He's shooting eighteen. He's shooting eighteen percent from three. I'm putting. He's only made ten threes, I believe, in all the playoffs.
1: All right, uh, Paddy. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time uh, <laughs> saying over on that. I, I'm sure he'll try. I'm sure he'll probably take three or four of them a game, uh, especially. I don't know. When you've got a, a bum knee, anyway, you're probably probably going to be less inclined to drive it to to, to the hole more. So I'm still going to say under. I, I think he's going to take three or four of them a game with uh, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, not laughing in his face, but um, clapping in his face after after doing <laughs> it.
2: I'm taking the over. All right, last yard. You're There's taking one. the over. Yes, I'm taking the over. He has a bum knee. I think he's going to try and if the Bucks are going to win, he's going to get some luck. So I'm a, I'm going to take the over on 8-3s the entire series. Yep. I said it. I All said right. it. Yeah. He, he had two games with multiple three-point makes and maybe one in the other one. Take the over. Um Giannis shooting 62% from the free throw line over under.
1: I'm going over. Why not? I'll over? go over.
0: Yeah. I'll go over for that one. Uh, 62% is pretty low, but I think that's around his, like, playoff average right now.
2: I will take the over as well. I don't think that he's going to crumble in, uh, under pressure. Okay. Um, Chris Paul, how many games in which will he score 30 points? Uh, the line – or my line, this is mine. My line is at two and a half.
0: I'll say over. I'll say over.
1: Um, I'm going to go under just because I, I see this one going six. Uh, I think if there was a game seven, I think he'd get that third one uh, maybe in, in game seven. But I, I see Devin Booker taking enough of him.
2: So you said under? Yes. All right. And I will take the over on CP3. All right. D-Book averaging 28 points.
0: Over or under? I'm going a, I'm to a say the under just because I just said that Chris Paul is going to get three games at 30. Uh, it's going to be a close to 28. I ain't going to say it's going to be at 28, but it might be like 26, 27.
1: Give me the over just so I don't contradict myself and look like a fool.
0: <laughs> I'm
2: also taking the over as well, Patton. Um, will anyone average – have a game a triple double a triple double game will anyone have a triple double in this finals
0: I'm gonna say yes
1: yeah I I agree
2: yes okay and um let's see how many fights break out over under um four four scuffles
0: now we're not talking about like fist fighting. We're just talking about little scuffles of like just
2: some just uh, some scuffles.
0: I, okay, you said over under.
2: Yes, over PJ under Tucker. under scuffles.
0: I'm gonna say PJ Tucker and Jay Crowder are gonna get two of two um, right there. Um, I might I'm gonna say the under just because I think those might be the only two guys that might get into it unless PJ Tucker get into Chris Paul. Oh, that is. <sighs> Oh, you just made it. Hold on. Now i got to think even Ooh. more now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going I'm to stay with the under. I'm going to stay with the under
1: on that one. Yeah, yeah the, the, there aren't four Patrick Beverleys out on the floor for, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Phoenix is kind of a young team that really, really, Jake Crowder is about the only, quote, quote, enforcer that you have. The only kind of enforcer you have in the league. And that's one thing I want to talk about. That Patrick Beverly, thing, what in the world is he thinking? I, that was the most scandalous thing I've maybe ever seen in my life. There,
0: that was black force energy, energy right there, just plain and simple. Uh, <laughs> he got suspended for one game. I'm surprised I only gave him one game for that, honestly, because Chris Paul didn't even say anything to him. That's why I was confused. I'm uh, sure he did. I'm
2: sure Chris Paul said some sleek stuff, and um. That man, Pat Bev, didn't like it, which I don't think that he should have pushed no, him. No, like I'm not that saying – I'm not that saying
0: that – in, in, that, in that moment, Chris Paul might not have said anything. I'm not talking about during the entire game. Yeah. The entire game, is there's going to be a lot of things said. There's a lot of things said. But I'm saying in that moment, it looked like Chris Paul just looked at him a certain way and Patrick Beverly took offense and was just – like a game of good old it, offensive line push. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing.
2: All right, a couple more of these. Um, Drew Holiday, over under, um, 20 points a game.
0: I'll take the over.
1: Yeah, I think just barely 22, 23 points a game. And that'll be about it. All he can get there, I think. Because I think Chris Paul will be on him for probably the majority.
2: I'm going to take the under. I think that he'll get like 19. Um, And then uh, Chris Middleton, over, under, 22 points a game.
1: Oh, my God. Smashing the over. (laughs) Smashing (laughs) the over on that, I think.
0: Uh, He knows he's playing with dangerous waters and saying 22 points. I thought he was going to say like 25 because that was going to be the. I was going to say no. under quick. <laughs> I was going to say under so quick. <laughs> I was going to say under so quick. Um, uh, because I got a feeling like with Chris Chris might have like a a 25 27 point like a couple 25 27 point games that might boost him up over that 22 mark. Uh that's going to be extremely close. I'm going to I oh I don't want to do it. I don't want to say it, but I'll say over. I, I really I might regret that decision, but I'm gonna say over.
2: We're all taking the over for them to be competitive. He's gonna to have to score more yeah, than 22 points. Um and DeAndre Aiden, he's the last star. Uh DeAndre Aiden over under,
0: let's see, 17. I'll say over. But it's gonna be like right at 17.
1: I don't know. It, it just depends how long they can keep Lopez Lopez out on the floor. I I I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go just over as well.
2: Over. I will take the under. I think you'll have about 16, 15, 16 a game. But that is our little over under segment for the finals. Um that's just the main superstars. We got some. We have some fun ones like Jake Crowder, with he scored more than eight points. I don't know. Um, Brooke Lopez, could he average more than eleven? I don't know. It's yet to see. But I'm excited
0: to see well, what well, happens. Will PJ, well, PJ Tucker score more than eight points in a series? That's another one. In, in, in series,
2: eight <laughs> points. I was gonna put his line at four.
0: Was- <laughs> four you know a at, game. No, I'm talking about in one game. Oh, for one game, yes. Just one game alone, (laughs) eight points. (laughs) You just Uh, never know. Right.
1: Let's go ahead and jump in to, I mean, we were all patriotic yesterday. Uh, July 4th was yesterday, firing off some fireworks, grilling out. That's time for the Olympics. The Olympics is right around the corner. Uh, we'll stick around with the basketball side, then we'll get into the kind of the other side, if you will. And we'll start first with the guy who got bounced out not too long ago from the NBA playoffs, Luka Doncic. He has led his country, uh, to their first Olympics ever. Slovenia is on their way to the Olympics and it was really just him. I I made a joke. I think he's going to do fine in in the Olympics because I think his supporting cast with Slovenia is about what it is with the Dallas Mavericks so uh, I think he's used to kind of carrying the load just a little bit and he did exactly that in the uh, the tournament in Lithu- Lithuania he was the MVP of that in the in the closeout game he had 31 points 11 rebounds 13 assists the first triple double by any player in any four Olympic qualifying games Marcus I'll start with you um how much can one player do in, in, in the Olympics in, in, in a basketball game? We kind of see that's a lot in the NBA. How how far can one player carry you? How far can Luka Doncic carry you in the Olympics? Because really, I think when you look at it, until you play Team USA, I think it's pretty even throughout the rest of the world. And when you've got a superstar like like Luka, there aren't any many other countries other than the USA who have a guy like that. How much stock do you put in Slovenia? And how excited are you to see a guy like Luka kind of be the guy and be uh, the, the kind of main star for a team heading into uh, Olympic Games 2021?
0: Luca is one of the most, like, marketable foreigners right now in basketball altogether. So I think anybody that loves basketball uh, in the NBA themselves, they want Luca to succeed here in these Olympics. Uh, it's actually a lot harder than you think to – have one man just try to run through the Olympics. I don't, that hasn't been done in quite some time, uh, honestly, cause you got others. Spain is really another really good team that a lot of people just overlook, uh, that team there has always been stacked for quite some time, given USA, some problems, not, not major, all the time, major problems, but, uh, if Luka could just win, just either a game or two, it doesn't—it don't take much, honestly, to get that recognition of because he's already just know that he's already one of the best in the NBA. And the be, the NBA is one of the best leagues in the world. So let alone will he be getting triple doubles every game? I don't think so because there's gonna be times where his teammates don't hit shots. Could he end up might dropping forty or fifty on a team? That is very possible. So, uh, you just never know. Uh, that, that is a crazy state stat line, though, against Lithuania, because, you know, Giannis Valanciunas played for Lithuania, and Lithuania was actually at home. Mm-hmm. All the home uh, teams for the qualifiers actually lost this year. I think that was the first time ever happening where all the, the home team qualifiers lost.
2: Indeed. No, I think um... – I think that he's going to be a one-man wrecking crew. If Patton hit the nail on the head as far as his supporting cast, about the same as what he got from the Mavericks. Um, and I think that he will probably average 30, 10 over 10 assists. I mean, over 10 rebounds and probably, depending on how many shots his teammates hit, probably like eight assists. We will, may have a same the same stat line that he has in the NBA as far as him being a borderline MVP candidate. He is amazing. Um, how far will he get in the tournament? I think he can take them pretty far. Um, once he gets to like that last 16, the last eight uh, teams, it's going to get tougher because you're going to be facing some actually good teams. But he, I think in every series that he plays, other than whenever he faces the USA, which I'm not, I don't think that he'll get there. Um, he'll be the best player on the court, bar none. I, I don't think that he'll even be close.
1: I agree, and uh, kind of looking at their schedule, the, the three teams in their group—they're in Group C. They'll play Argentina, then they'll play Japan, and then Marcus, the team you mentioned, they'll play Spain on August first. So Sheesh. that'll be a that, that'll be a tough little group for them. The top two teams out of each group will make it out of there, and kind of one thing on and one kind of cool thing I thought—I I didn't know this until I was watching ESPN last night—the assist rule in FIBA is different than the NBA, where if if the player you pass it to takes any dribble at all, the assist doesn't count anymore. So mm-hmm. really his 13 assists were probably even greater than what they are in the NBA, which is, uh, I, I thought it was the, fascinating.
0: The the NBA, I'm not going to lie to you. The NBA, you can make a pass. They can do three dribble moves and take a shot, and it still counted <laughs> as assists. It'd be some very questionable assists passing around. This whenever, especially Especially yeah. when that guy is at home. When they guys at home, they are more lenient to throw out them dimes. But we're not going to speak on that anymore because we ain't going to try to get fined. But just know if you're watching, especially especially if they over like 13 to 14, uh, yeah, and they're getting close to that. Yeah, they might they might be doing an extra little
1: sprinkling <laughs> in sprinkle. It's true. I, I agree with you there. But it's a that that is a team everyone's gonna keep an eye on. USA and Slovenia. They're gonna be my teams to to kind of look out for in in the Olympics. So that'll be a fun one to look at. Now speaking of basketball, in the USA. They announced their roster a few weeks back. um, Just quickly to run through it, they got Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and the leader of this Olympic squad, Kevin Love, uh, is in there with uh, (laughs) – With the, with the Olympic team, Gabe, I'll start with you. Now, now, there were numerous players that have decided not to go. Steph Curry, LeBron James are kind of one of those guys. They wanted the summer off. There's a few snubs in here as well. Um, so, uh, one, were there any snubs that surprised you? And two, are you a bit worried about this USA team? Because we're so used to having guys like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, all go together, and this team's a little more – not supporting cast roles, but there's less superstars in this USA team than we've seen in quite a long time.
2: These are less superstars, but this isn't the C team that we sent to the FIBA uh, basketball championships a few years ago where they had like Kimball Walker. Um, guys, <laughs> guys like Marcus Harrison Smart. Barnes, Marcus <laughs> Smart. Oh, my gosh. We have some A-plus players. We have who could quite possibly be the best player in the world and Kevin Durant leading this team. Uh, Draymond Green, he's going to be doing this thing as far as a leader on this team. And then you just got snipers all around the court. Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, like uh, we, the, you can just go on Damian Lillard, like it's not going to stop. Them buckets, not going to stop for these other teams. I actually feel bad for the rest of the competition, uh, in the world because I'm not sure how much better their teams have gotten, but they can't be much better than this. This is this is an all star team, it might be borderline. I wouldn't say better than an all-star team, but it's an all-star team. It's an all-star team, and we're going to come with some heat. So um, I love this team, and I'm ready to see the USA smash every team that comes in their path.
0: Just just think on – it's at least four to five guys that can get 30 with these easily on that team. Four to five, off rip. Off, just off rip. Uh, and uh, now the defense might not be there. Uh, I think they only have – yeah, correct. You, you, you. Sometimes <laughs> it won't matter, but sometimes when those days when you're not hitting shots, it, it can be just different. Uh, but the only thing with me with this USA team is how like everybody's like six, seven, six, eight. Because uh, I, what Kevin Durant is your tallest player. <laughs> yep. Because you got Bam out of bio as your only center. Yeah. Uh, I I just don't know. I, outside of that being undersized, but I mean that's really how the league is, the NBA is today. But like I said, it's going to be hard to stop those guys when anybody can shoot from the logo and get 30 with ease. It's uh,
1: it, it's going to be fun to watch. And like you mentioned, there's plenty of guys in there to score. The coaches uh, this year, Greg Popovich is the head coach, and then you got assistants like Steve Herr, Lloyd Pierce, Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce, and Jay Wright, the Villanova uh, head coach over there. So it's a star-studded coaching staff as well as a roster. Uh, one thing I would like to quickly break down is, even though there, I would say there's no Cleveland Cavaliers, there's Kevin Love in there. I don't expect him to get many minutes <laughs> at all. Um, they have uh, also mentioned the uh, the select team, which is basically the team that's just going to kind of practice with them, practice against them. One guy I'm looking out for, Darius Garland, Cleveland Cavaliers point guard. He is in there. Tyler Hero, John Jenkins, who is playing in Italy over there as well, and, and numerous other kind of young guys um, that are kind of looking to be in that here pretty soon. Emmanuel Quickly in there as well. So that's the select team. Eric Spolstra is going to be the head coach um, with, the, with that squad. Um, so kind of USA is there. Um are your expectations gold or butts, guys? I think that's always what the expectation is. It's kind of like USA soccer, women's wise, whenever they make it into a World Cup or uh, or an Olympics, it's if you don't get the gold medal, it's an absolute disaster. I see that being the same because, uh, once again, basketball is kind of our sport to reign supreme, reign supreme on.
0: One thing before I say this, I'm glad that you inserted the women's team and not the men's, men's soccer team. Cause yeah, we know the utter, the utter embarrassment <laughs> we have received from that, that men's national team. But uh yeah, it's when when you have the best league in the world, sometimes you just you, you're supposed to be you, you're supposed to be at the top no matter what. Just playing example. Uh when you got the best players in the best league in your home country, me personally, I think USA should win the gold. If not, something's wrong. We're going to be looking at a lot of guys on that team. It's like you've also look how many rings that have been won on that team or also in all NBA selections on that team. If you don't win gold, it's a problem. Yeah. This point Not is- only
2: will we win gold, I don't think that there will be a game within, I want to say 30 points. I'll say 20 just to be respectful to the other teams. I don't think there's going to be a game within 30 points. This team is ridiculous. It's it's ridiculously good. It's not as good as the 92 Dream Team. It's not as good as the uh 2012 team. But golly, it's probably right. It's probably I say top four because the 96 team was amazing
0: as well. Are they so are I, they better I think than 08? I number four? Are they better than 08? I don't they think
2: hack, so. Man, probably not. But that's how good this team is. It's still it's still really good. No, no, it's not better than 08, but it's better than 04. It is better than no <laughs> better than the two thousands team as well. So um those teams are loaded. Was, they was loaded and but they weren't built well. I think this team is loaded and it's built well. They have like Jeremy Grant is on the team. You think that man gonna be getting a lot of minutes? No. I mean he plays hard, he's good. He's not gonna be getting a lot of minutes. Bam, he's gonna do his thing on the inside. They can stretch the floor everywhere. They have hard nosed defenders and Drew Holiday and Draymond Green. Um, and then guys like Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard and Tatum and Booker and Bill, they not going to miss. They just not. It's not going to be fair.
1: Yeah. I, I really tend to be on that same page. I think it's winter bust uh, when you have the NBA in America and really Canada. I mean, that's, to me, that's one nation to kind of look out for because you're getting more and more uh, Canadians kind of getting into the league and young stars. You see R.J. Barrett, Shea uh, Gildress, Alexander, uh, Marcus, you'll very well know of, but really nowhere near America. And until that time where we kind of lose out in the Olympics, I think there's nothing to really worry about just yet. So Olympic basketball, one final Olympics topic before we get into um, – before we get into Euros 2020 as uh, the uh, round of 16 and the semifinals very close to starting, it's uh, kind of one of the more unfortunate stories that you're going to see in sports. Uh, Shakiri Richardson, um, she was kind of one of the up-and-coming uh, stars in the in the track world as kind of uh, really a, an electric athlete in the 100-meter race. Um she will no longer be running in the Olympics because of a positive test—not uh, a positive test of performance-enhancing drugs or uh, anything like that. Uh, cocaine, heroin. Uh, instead, it's uh, cannabis. Marijuana is what she tested positive for, and. It is now an Olympic rule. I didn't know this. I saw Michael Phelps always just getting blazed up before he'd uh, in, enter the swimming pool. He, uh, it is now a rule. You can't, uh, you get it comes with a one month suspension. So uh, Richardson will not be able to run in the uh, upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. Gabe, as you're uh, taking a swig of your water, I'll ask you first. Uh, one, what is your opinion on the rule? And two, should Richardson have done what she did? And knowing the rule, should she have um, kind of partaken in the in the marijuana, if you will? Wait. I think, Gabe or uh, Marcus, you want to say something first?
0: Before Gabe goes, we just want to point out as well that before the trials, she did find out that her bi- biological mother had passed away in an interview by a reporter. So we want to let that be known up front as well so and she she said this in an interview as well that that caused a lot of anxiety emotional anxiety that led her to the race and that's why she did what she did but go ahead Gabe
2: um so them's the rules those are the rules um I'm not even sure if she was aware that that was against the rules I was not aware that that was against the rules yes it's illegal federally but the olympics is a world it's a world event i was i wasn't aware of the rules so maybe she was not aware um so that is a lot of people's take she knew the rules or whatever and she broke the rules so she has to suffer the consequences um and a lot of people's opinion in my opinion specifically it's a dumb rule i think back not to equate this to um to like jim crow or racism or anything but there were rules that black people and white people can sit at the same restaurant or sit at the same table or drink from the same water fountain yeah that's the rule but it's a terrible rule and i think that is the issue here it, it's a bad rule i don't think that the rule should be shouldn't be in existence and she was dealing with things and like i said i mean rules is rules so what if her drug What if her drug of choice was like cocaine or something? Then you can't be like, all right, um, she was suffering from something. So she was just like, oh, I just wanted to bump. Because we wouldn't look at it the same. The reason why we look at it is because it is something not as harmful, something that does help a lot of athletes, not only with coping with maybe some stresses of life. Uh, Obviously, you said that she got the news that her mother had passed, so – that is that is very, very like that's devastating to anybody, but as well as the medical benefits as far as recovery, um, these guys, these guys and gals, they run hard. They they're the top athletes in their sport. So I know that their body hurts. Um, so that may help with recovery and whatnot. So, yeah, it's it's those are the rules, but it's a dumb rule.
0: Yeah, uh, I will say th- those are the rules. Um, but I didn't just like how a lot of people was just trying to cast judgment because like I just stated, she lost her mother a week before the Olympic trials. No regular person can just try to take that weight off of them like it's nothing and go be the best that they can be. If you say that, you're not human. Just plain and simple. Uh, A lot of people have a lot of different coping mechanisms. And she took that route. Rules are rules. She was con—she uh, did have consequences for it. But it—I I, just—it's—it's it's a lot of things, a lot of factors that. Yes, it was a rule, but a lot of people try to negate that. The passing of her mother, like that, the stressing on it, and uh, I will say, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. The amount of pills and painkillers that athletes take, you will be very surprised at what NFL, NBA, any sport, the amount of painkillers they take should be illegal. It should be, just plain and simple. Yes, and we all know how marijuana is viewed. It's not, but it's not as bad as some of these painkillers that these athletes are legally taking because doctors are prescribing to them at a very high rate. Yes, rules are rules, but it's 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 a it's a big balloon in the, in the, with these pills, guys. I will say that if you have to do your research on that, it can be very dangerous for these athletes, and you see a lot of them can be messed up in the head down the line because they took so many pills when they was in the peak of their career. Now for Richardson, she did have to suffer the consequences because of this. It's other people. That's another thing I want to talk about with the IOC as well. They have a hard time getting the guys that have performance enhancing drugs already. And I do mean they struggle with it because they don't a lot of times they don't find out about it until it's three months after and they have to strip the person for the, uh, the medal. Yes, weed is weed. Yes, a lot of people use it for medical use. It's a lot of countries that use it for medical use. One thing, it's questionable things like with the IOC, banning certain swim caps for women with Afros. <laughs> certain rules that don't make sense. I'm not saying smoking weed is just a just extremely dumb rule. A rule is a rule. Then sometimes you got to abide by it. But some rules, sometimes it you can change those rules. It don't have, that's another thing. You can change rules over time. It don't have to be the same concrete rules. We're not saying bend the rules. But if something is evolving over time, you can't look back and be like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have did this. Let's change it and do it this way that's that's just my take on it
1: I uh I tend to agree there and um the kind of double perception we have of athletes kind of getting addicted to painkillers and opioids I mean uh, it's just kind of a, a two-sided thing and I find it kind of humorous that uh, well, I mean, we know why they don't ban those, the, the pharmaceutical companies, uh, they make a whole lot of money off those. And we're not going to ban those just yet until we can make every last dime out of them. So it's a it's an unfortunate situation. Unfortunately, I think she's taken this in stride. And that, <laughs> that takes a lot uh, for someone like you said, Marcus lost her mother, uh, not too long ago, as well as being younger than us. Um, I, can't, 21. I, can't, I 21. Yeah. She's 21. She's
0: 21.
1: Uh, just just missed out on the Olympics. So uh, on one side, um, it's tough for her because that's something she's been dreaming of for so long. But she has got so many more Olympics ahead of her.
0: One thing I do want to say too is that she's not one, running in the one hundred. But she be she will be running in the four x one. So she will be able to run in the four by one hundred meter relay. That's going to be after that month suspension. She just won't be running in the one hundred.
1: Yeah. So uh, that story there, unfortunate, but she's taking it in stride. And uh, she's looking forward to, uh, I think, 2022. And uh, I think we're going to go in and send it to a quick break. And, and we're going to just do a really quick segment on, on the Euros. And we will get out of here. So uh, we'll see you back on the other side and talk a little Euro-Euro 2020. Welcome back here uh, to Just Talking Sports. We're going to talk a little soccer. That's uh, a little soccer to close out the podcast Uh, Marcus, my residential uh, soccer uh, viewer as well. Gabe, you got to jump on the train here, buddy. Uh, Soccer is the sport of the future. Jump on now while you can't. Anyway, Uh, Marcus, uh, as I mentioned, the Euros here, and we are nearing the end of it, unfortunately, and it has been a fun tournament to view. We'll quickly just talk about the round of 16. Last time we talked, it was right before the round of 16, and we know some of the results, well, really all of the all of the results now, really the main one I want to talk about is that France and Switzerland game that went into extra time, went into extra time, and that even couldn't decide it. It, it got decided in penalties. Marcus, first, I want to ask you your opinion. Um, have you seen many better uh, penalty kicks than I have in that game? Because I just thought really from top to bottom until you got to uh, the the guy we'll talk about here in a second. I thought they were all composed. I thought they were all in the top bins. I thought they were all great, but uh, here we are at standing where France got knocked out in the Euros.
0: Yeah. I think that that game there was probably one of the best games of the year to me personally, uh, for Switzerland to come back down three, one to tie it within the last 10 minutes uh, had everybody shocked. And then for it to go to the extra time, we were just anticipating it. It could have went either way, and once the penalty kicks happened, I thought Switzerland. They was just executing on point, and uh, France's goalkeeper, he just was going the wrong way. Uh, he was just anticipating the wrong way. Uh, because it was easy kicks for him. It wasn't just a uh, simple like corner shots. I, I feel like with France, a couple of them, uh, Switzerland. Goalkeeper, I can't think of him on the top of my my head, but uh, he was reacting the right way, just wasn't fast enough, and the placement for the France until Mbappe, uh, your best player, uh, you that's the one that you think for sure is gonna go in, and unfortunately just doesn't. It's tough for France, and they uh got knocked out by upset by Switzerland. I, I don't think anybody anticipated Switzerland beating France at all.
1: And uh, for the viewers still tuned in who don't really know much about soccer penalty kicks, it's like uh, it's like for Mbappe that's their best player as you mentioned, Marcus. It's like Steph Curry stepping up to the free throw line where he's like a ninety-eight percent free throw shooter and he airballs it. Uh, that, that's kind of what the equivalent of it is for killing Mbappe and. I don't want to say the moment was too big for him. I thought the shot wasn't bad. It was at a is that a good height for the keeper and uh, Sommer, the um, the Switzerland goalkeeper? He did enough to get the get the stop on that one, and that really threw a spanner in the works for the entire tournament. Because from here on out, I think every team was thinking this is France's tournament to lose. And when they get, when they get knocked out in in the first round, I mean that really says something. And so Switzerland, they moved on. We'll skip over. Um, Uh, how the round of 16 went uh, and then go right over to the quarterfinals that just happened. And really one of the main games that I was looking for was this Belgian Italy game, Marcus, and Italy to me, has been the team of the tournament so far. They've looked good in every single game they've played. They've only given up two goals in the uh, six games that they played. They beat Belgium 2-1 in this game. And really even they have injuries that didn't seem to matter anyway. To me, what what have you seen from this Belgium team where you had Romelu Lukaku score the penalty kick and that game just continues to score goals, but ultimately some of their star guys, Kevin De Bruyne, who we saw get hurt in the Champions League final, was out there, just didn't look healthy.
0: Yeah, uh, it was tough for Belgium. Uh, Italy, this Italy team is not the same. I got to keep telling people, this Italy team is not the same like the team in the past. They are extremely aggressive. They want to get after it. They want to have the time of the possession. If they could keep it for the entire 90 minutes, they would. Because they want to put it down and, get, and put you in bad situations. Just plain and simple. I think Italy, they have the chance to win it all. I think they have a legit shot. Uh, only team I think that could stand in their way would be England, who has been dominating as well. Uh, but Italy, hey, I was watching that game. Uh, Our buddy, uh, me and Gabe's buddy, Josh, you know, he's up there in Belgium. Uh, I was just telling him, man, it's it's tough. It's tough because Italy, oh, that's another stat to bring out. Uh, I believe it was out of 23 matches, Belgium had only beat Italy eight, eight times. So uh, it was a dominant performance by Italy. You got to watch out for this team. This team is extremely young. They're going to get after it. Uh, and the execution is... Really well. Uh, One thing that you can't do against Italy is the careless turnovers because they can. When you turn it over on them, they can capitalize off those quick outlets into points. Just plain and simple. Even though that sounds like a basketball term, but they actually go out and play just
1: like that. No, it's it's a great it's a great point counterattacking has kind of been their style all throughout this tournament, and I think it's a great little recipe that they have because you mentioned the youth, and really that youth is all in the attack and in the midfield but then when you look at the center backs they're uh, their grandpa's at the back and they've seen just about everything that happens out on the soccer field Chiellini and Bonucci and then they've got Donnarumma in that so it's a it's a great little chemistry that they've got going and to your point um, they're known for kind of just a really boring uh, kind of slow style play but in the counter they're one of the quicker teams you're going to see In this tournament. So Italy, they beat Belgium two to one. Uh, The team, they will be playing Spain after they finally beat Switzerland. And I kind of pumped up Switzerland's kind of calmness and moxie in the penalty shootout they had against France Uh, last round. Well, the complete opposite showed up in that game against Spain, their main leader uh, who plays for Arsenal. Granite Xhaka could not play in that game because of too many uh, yellow cards throughout the tournament. But their penalties, I mean, it was just an absolute disaster. And when you got a team like Spain, who, I mean, just the heritage and, and the history they have, they're going to be good in penalty kicks. They practice that probably for four hours every day in training. In training, and uh, they looked exactly that in there. Spain, they move on, and this is another team like Italy, Marcus. Where this is a new look Spain team. They don't have Sergio Ramos in there. They don't have a PK in there. This is, uh, kind of like Italy, as I mentioned, they move on, and that's going to be an exciting matchup in the next round.
0: Hey, I just got a interesting stat. Italy has only been Spain twice in their last 14 mish, uh, meetings in all competitions. Uh, that's how you know that Spain, they have been those top dogs for quite some time. Let's see, can Italy try to change things up with this young team?
1: Sure will. And then finally, uh, Denmark, the kind of <laughs> the Cinderella story. I think that's exactly what you want to call it. They continue to move on. They move on to the semifinals of the Euros, a team that many thought wouldn't even make it out of their out of their group, especially after the Christian Eriksen uh, kind of disaster. Of course, Christian still in stable um, condition. He is out of the hospital, thank goodness, but they move on after beating Czech Republic. And the team they will mention is a team you mentioned not too long ago, England. And um, I think if, if I'm England, I think this is a, a scary one to think because everyone outside of the, um, the, the British nation, they're rooting for Denmark, and they, I, I am included in that one. But this is really England's game to lose, Marcus, because in terms of talent, there aren't many more talented teams left in this tournament.
0: Yeah, uh, England, I think they, for one thing in this matchup, they can't get complacent because uh, you get complacent against Denmark. Like we stated – uh in the last pocket we was talking about the euros is that Denmark rallied around Christian and they're playing for him and like now you you got you got us as well rooting for them to yep. beat the odds because their top guy isn't there. So they're trying to do it for him and excel at an extremely high level because their best player isn't that out there on the field. So if you're England you know this you know that the momentum has been high at an all-time high for Denmark. You got to put it away early. You got to get them out their comfort zone early. You got to put it away early. Cause you have all the talent there. Kane, just go ahead and get it done early. If you get a 2-0 lead, you might break their confidence all the way down, but don't let them hang around. Cause when they hang around, that's when Denmark, that that's their confidence gets higher and higher. You can't let them get those corner shots like they want to.
1: Denmark has been uh last year iceland who kind of made it very far in the tournament uh they play um england as i mentioned they play them on wednesday july 7th at two o'clock on espn and then italy and spain they square off tomorrow uh tuesday july 6th at two o'clock on espn as well so even if you're not soccer fans these are the type of games you're going to want to tune into because there are fans at this tournament um they're It'll be a pack stands, a great atmosphere, and that'll be a a good little uh, viewing to watch. So that's all we got for the Euros. And uh, Gabe, I think you want to have something here quickly.
2: Yeah, man. So I don't appreciate the shot that Marcus took at Team USA men's soccer because, yes, our women's team dominate the soccer leagues. But here's my take on that. Our women's team dominate the soccer league because women around the world, a lot of them don't really have the rights or opportunities to play soccer Mm. at the level that the men do. Um, So we have an advantage in that way. And then on the other side for the men, our disadvantage is soccer is getting at best our fourth best athletes at best. In America, guys are playing basketball football, baseball, and then sometimes even hockey, like hockey, soccer, they would get like the next, the next guys. But I would say our best athletes go to those top three. And then even our next best athletes are trying those top threes. So really they getting like our realistically, like our six best athletes. So we don't cut team USA some slack because if they were getting our Russell Westbrooks and our Tyree Hills and guys like that, we will be smacking everybody in the world. Y'all not going to come with us world, bro. Team
0: USA. I just want to say, look at the talent that they had these past couple Olympics and then come back and talk to me later on because the talent was there. They just didn't succeed. Patton, am I right?
1: Well, I, and and the problem is right now with our Olympic qualifying is is that uh, for, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, it really has to all be under twenty threes, and the problem is our best players are under twenty threes, and they are not qual, they, they aren't in these qualifiers, so are B teams going out there with uh, when you've got kids like in Brazil where they've been playing since say six years old same in the same. streets it's it's tough uh, so I'm, I, I tend to agree with you there Marcus uh, I wish we were at the Olympics but unfortunately they've kind of been occupied with with other tournaments but to Gabes point I think it's a great one and USA is kind of uh, is a hundred years behind of teams like Brazil and England like that so it, it's a fair it's a fair debate I think
0: I'm not saying you're wrong Gabe. It's just that the talent that is there needs to be better. That that's, that's what I want to say on it. the soccer. Don't get me wrong. You are correct because a lot of kids just, even nowadays, it's a lot of kids overseas that are going pro at 16 or 17. Like they're, they're full fledged. This is their job. They're not, we're not doing that over here in in America. You still going to be in school i just, you still gonna, you're gonna still know about Algebra 2. You still, yeah, you still gonna take those classes or whatnot. And just think, just because another point is, look at colleges right now. It's not a lot of just soccer teams like that that are just at every college. You have the elite of the elite colleges that has those soccer teams. But even for like us, there's not a man's soccer team here at Austin that was here at Austin P. Why is that? The this, this sport is it just, it's not marketable to a lot of people here in America. So I agree with you. It's just that we need to do better.
2: Yeah, I think that we're uh, going on a trend upward with soccer. Uh, people are catching on. Um, my sneaky conspiracy theory is that the companies that provide us with our sports, the NFL uh, com- like the NFL commercials and stuff that we see. These people are the people that basically pay these contracts because they want to pay for advertisement. so they can like throw advertisements at us while we're watching football and basketball and whatnot. And that's why we have so many commercials with basketball. There are literally TV commercials planned. It's the under the under16, the under four minute commercial, whatever. You can't do that with soccer. So maybe those companies are like, well, we can't make any money off of this. Why are we doing this? No, thanks.
0: The MLS doesn't market themselves hardly at all anyways. Uh, they only get what you, you, you don't see.
1: Well, it, I'm it,
0: saying advertisers for, are not going
2: to throw money at it.
0: Just, just for instance, in Tennessee alone, it's a lot of people that don't know that Nashville and Memphis have soccer teams. Just plain and simple.
1: A lot of people well, and, ju- and, and and they really don't have the stars where the NBA and the and the NFL they have they have stars to market. The MLS's problem is anytime they get close to a star, they move overseas. And that's what they should do. I mean, that's that's really no other way about it. Zlatan
0: came in, a old Zlatan came in and was killing in the MLS. This wasn't even a prom Zlatan. Yeah. And then you see all that happened with him, he hit the Jets.
1: He's, he's back it in back. Italy.
0: He's back. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not – they don't – when you look at the MLS, they don't have that where it's like the NFL, where it's like the NBA, where it's like the MLB, where you have guys that are top 25 in the world, top 30, even top 50 in the world. A lot of those guys just don't play in the MLS. They see Italy, even they, if they want to go to England – is a lot of other places overseas that have better opportunities more competition than here in the mls
1: i agree i agree and that's that's the kind of path that we are on now uh, speaking of uh, one final note and then we can uh, we can get out of here uh, USA World Cup qualifying, they will have a match at Nissan Stadium. September 5th, they will take on Canada, a game uh, that I will be at. I'm, uh, I invite all of us to uh, come down there, support the red, white, and blue. They make their path, hopefully, to qualify for the World Cup. That will be in Qatar in uh, two years' time in December. Uh, that'll be an odd one to look out for. So soccer, it's kind of right in the middle of the summer right now. Something to keep an eye on without uh, the MLB. Uh, that I think is going to do it boys. Uh, It's been a fun one. We talked a little in a little Olympics as well as uh, soccer. We're going to do one more, I think um, before the conclusion of the NBA finals. So keep an eye out on your podcast tabs. Uh, We're doing another one. We're not going anywhere. So uh, that'll be it for us. This has been another episode of just talking sports.